0: It's Warhorse and Warhorse's Pal Boner. And we're here to tell you that you're listening to the uh, Rough House podcast with Marty and Kristoff. You know, Marty the Mangler and Kristoff uh, the uh, Jack. Uh, no, nah, nah, I don't want to say that. But I'm glad you're here. Glad you're ready to listen to this shit. Clean out your ears. Shut your mouth. Open your eyes. Because it's time for that good, sweet podcast. Behold. A podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes the Roughhouse Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Christoph. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, episode number 299. 99? 99. For November the 6th, 2022. Remember, remember, the 6th of November. And then remember, oh shit, it's the 5th. Uh, I'm Marty. Hello. (laughs) Hey, hey, how's everybody doing? Should I say hey, hey? Hey, hey. Uh, Oh, grip it and rip it! Yeah, brother, pour one out for the working man. Uh, <laughs> what, hey. what, what are you digging into, dear Christoph? Oh, uh, uh, this for, is for, for a this Be More Sour, uh, Oliver Brewing Company. Uh, it's a sour ale. It's ah, uh, very as nice. You would very imagine nice. with the name Be More Sour. And what's that uh, brewing company again? Oliver Brewing Company. Oliver Brewing Company. So head to b- Oliver dot Slash roughhouse and get a four, or four page, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. and then just delete roughhouse from the end, and then maybe you can find out yeah, more about them. No, uh, right, uh, hell of a week in the world of pro Res. Uh, so much going on, including probably the weirdest AEW dynamite ever. Uh, yeah. which of course was in our backyard, and neither one of us were there. Yeah. which. For one moment, I was very happy I was not there for, and for another moment, I was very disappointed I was not there for. Um, And the other fun part on top of this is uh, your boy Martin uh, was away this weekend, so uh, I'm trying to play catch-up on on what I missed between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday – uh, yeah. In the world of ProRes. res. Um, you and your busy social schedule. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but hey, let, let, let's just uh, jump right into this first. The World Wrestling Federation, for over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Here comes the blood money. <laughs> Della, Della. <dollar>, <laughs> well, had I known that, I would have just <laughs> gone ahead and. <laughs> here comes the money here we go money talk, talk. here comes the money. Money money, money 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 you have some machine gun sound effects <laughs> i'm not mia i don't have them at the ready um nor do Good i have thing. really questionable opinions <laughs> yeah. on uh vaccinations and uh zionists anyway uh <laughs> folks it happened y- y- you have to give the guy credit which one I'm I'm get well uh, Logan Paul is who I'm speaking of in this Oh instance. sure you got to give the guy credit his third match mm-hmm. in professional wrestling and he may be the best three match star ever now granted he also may never wrestle again after this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of destroyed his uh, middle leg. Uh, uh, yes. That whole joint is blown to fuck. But um, but yeah, so he had what well, it was. A, I guess an assuming a headlining match against yeah, uh, it, Roman it, Reigns it was uh, in Saudi Arabia this past weekend. Uh, it was the main event of Crown Jewel. It was Logan Paul going for the uh, undisputed Universal Championship, currently held by Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. His uh, his brother Jake Paul. Was in his corner. And uh, for as much shit as we have, will and will continue to talk about the WWE Saudi Arabia deal, this match was probably as unexpectedly good as the people running that country are expectedly terrible. Yeah, fair. Now, to to be fair, I did not watch the match. Um, I don't think I will, just in principle. But I did see some uh, some clips and gifs on the old uh, Twitter machine before that goes fully tits up, and I'm unable to see wrestling clips on there anymore. But now, Chris, I, I yeah. do have Peacock, which means I could conceivably watch it now. Yeah, I do too. Did I take the time to still sail the seas to watch a singular match because of how much? The known press of the wrestling world have indicated how good it is. I did. Did you? Okay. All right. I'm not judging you. And it was really good. I'm. I, I. I don't. I don't disbelieve. I don't disbelieve you. Yeah. Here yeah. You go. I it, it was. It was genuinely great. Like, dude. He is an incredible professional wrestler. I said it after the Summerslam match. You did you did? And I. I personally was a little skeptical on that. I, and credit where credit is due. Roman was where he needed to be when he needed to be. Sure. He you know, he I, I assume Roman <laughs> called the match. So uh credit where credit is due there as uh Chris dies briefly, perhaps because I'm giving Roman Reigns credit. But uh, just aspirating a little bit, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a truly remarkable performance from both guys. Uh and I I I don't know why of all places the absolute, you know, uh, just show up and get paid millions of dollars shows, the one that you decide to go all out on. But hey, they both did, uh, including a spot destined to go viral because, of course, Logan Paul said, I'm going to make you go viral when he did it. Yeah. Uh, grabbing his camera and jumping off the top rope, putting uh, Roman Reigns to the table, then subsequently posting the video of that on his own social media. It's one of the coolest videos I've ever seen from wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, uh, in, just in general. I, I mean, it, you've never seen it. that kind of first-person uh, uh, view of somebody jumping from the top rope turnbuckle out, splashing an opponent on a table. Yes. I had never seen that first-person view, and it, it's it's pretty fucking cool. The guy, the guy gets it. He's a tremendous athlete, um, and you know, from what I read. Apparently, Shawn Michaels said that instead of teaching people fundamentals, you know, and what to do, they're teaching, they're basically just rehearsing the match with them, teaching them what they need to know to get through these matches and then filling in the blanks later on. And, you know, it sounds questionable on paper, but if you have somebody as athletic as Logan Paul, and I guess competent enough. uh, You know, I wouldn't have said that prior knowing his, uh, his history with things. Yes. But in terms of, you know, being where he needs to be and performing these things, and doing what he needs to do in the wrestling ring, he has shown a, an impressive acumen for it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just had to look to, to see if he had any bona fides because I I know he did the boxing thing, um, including fighting Floyd Mayweather, uh but I always thought that was more about grandstanding and just sure. trying to make it to the make it through the rounds versus having actual athletic skill. Uh he was uh a high school football player, uh sure. all star linebacker, and he qualified for the division one uh wrestling championships when he was uh oh. a teen. Okay. So he has some bona fides, not full on like yeah. NCAA top. It's not tier. Kurt Angle or Brock Lesnar no, or even Chad Gable. No. But but he certainly has a, a history of being athletic, mm-hmm. which I imagine would be a, a true leg up in, in any of these scenarios. Sure. It's something I would like to be, but i not. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm right there with you. That'd be great. Uh, but w- what he did in his three appearances so far is, is nothing short of astounding. That said- The same spot on which he is uh, undoubtedly going viral on now, that that splash of the floor, was also his doomsday uh, because he absolutely wrecked his knee doing that spot, gutted through the rest of the match. Uh, It sounds like he has a tear of his MCL, Mm -hmm. a tear of his meniscus, and a possible tear of his ACL. Uh, All that will be checked out and confirmed once he's back stateside. But uh, at the very least, Logan Paul will not be seen in a WWE ring wrestling for six months plus. Yeah, uh, my you know at best, my my wife just had ACL surgery, mm-hmm. and hers was not through any sort of athletic gain, and just the. Better <laughs> bear your wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I've I've seen what that struggle looks like. Yeah, yeah, and it is not pretty, even if you are athletically gifted. Um, and it's, it's just one of those things where, uh, yeah, it could happen to anyone at any time in pro wrestling. We've seen people get hurt worse doing simpler things, but, uh, gosh, what, what a, uh, double edged sword that spot is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Best case scenario, WrestleMania, uh, you know, yeah. that's usually early April. Right, it's, right. You know, that's five months for, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, math. He he um, he'd be cutting it close to be able to do so. Yeah. Um, but but beyond that, you know, I, I was listening to to uh, Dave and Brian, Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez break down the show this morning. Did you, did, you, did you subject your wife to that on your drive home from no, the wedding? No, no, no. Okay, no, no. that that was when I was running errands this afternoon after. I was going to say, yeah. man, you have a very I, understanding I wife. am not going to make her listen to Dave Meltzer babble. Uh, But Brian Alvarez tries begrudgingly to make anything sound listenable on that show. Uh, So what you're saying is I'm Dave Meltzer. You're Brian Alvarez. I see. Okay. (laughs) Infer from uh, that I did. Uh, I I, I don't know about that because I I, I think if any of us has more uh, wrestling shit stuck in their head than common sense, it's probably me. So, (laughs) yeah. Okay. So you're a combination of the two and I'm just a fucking schmuck. (laughs) In his basement. <laughs> basement Can't even say the I, word basement. I would never, ever say that. You wouldn't, but I will gleefully <laughs> admit that I am that person. But on the rest of the show, here's what went down. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar beat Bobby Lashley. They did the uh, Bret Hart, Steve Austin finish. Uh, the hurt lock was put on Brock Lesnar by Bobby Lashley. Brock got his feet up on the turnbuckle, looped back, got the three count. Gotcha. Post-match, uh, Lashley applied the hurt lock again uh and uh, that that actually put Lesnar down so it looked like a full uh heel turn from Bobby Lashley in this instance. I'm sorry, who? Bobbert uh, Lashley. Hey. Legal name, legal name. Bobby. hey. Yep. I, and I think I read that he dominated the majority of the match as well. Yes, uh and uh what I also thought was uh, funny is uh, uh Brock was doing his German suplexes which of course as we remember from the Royal Rumble uh was it yeah it was this year um totally fucked up uh lashley's shoulder, shoulder. so this time uh lashley decided i'm just going to take them on top of my head and neck oh fun so, so you watched the shibata match from the night before yeah yeah he just said let <laughs> the shibata match yeah or any night he he "Screw match it, that's what i'm gonna do uh yeah. so uh yeah uh he, apparently unscathed we'll see um also, uh, damage control. The duo of Io Sky and Dakota Kai won back the women's tag titles. <laughs> Did they just losing drop them, on them Monday? to Alexa Bliss and Oscar on Monday? Mm-hmm. Okay, man, Raw was. A... You're, you're going to be shocked when I say this, Chris. Oh no, I'm not. Raw was a shit show this week. Oh, so we're back to normal. Literally every match was distraction or interference. Finish the, the shine off of the Papa H era has. Uh... Has been removed. He may be going to that well more than Vince did. Yikes. That's a bold statement. Because at least Vince would do 50-50 booking. Mm -hmm. This is just like the same shit again and again and again, but this time someone interferes. So it must I learned from watching you, Vince. Yeah. uh, Up until uh, including this match, uh, as Nikki Cross uh, appeared out of nowhere to take out Alexa Bliss And then Dakota Kai covers Alexa Bliss for the finish. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, uh, before that, I forgot to mention there was a backstage interview with Byron uh, and uh, Alexa and Asuka. Uh, Alexa Bliss uh, was going to respond to the first question, which was how they're preparing to defend their belts. But Bray Wyatt's logo appeared on the screen. So she got all shocked and confused. So you guessed it. We're doing that shit again. <sighs> All right, yeah, All right. that's that's the fun we're looking at there. Um, Drew McIntyre, who was fighting the flu, uh, defeated Karrion Cross in a steel cage match. Uh, so, 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 Principal Skinner was trying to keep him from coming out there, and 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 Drew McIntyre just goes, "Grease me up, woman," to uh, <laughs> lunch lady Doris, and he goes out and yes, and fights. He 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 just did the thing there, and uh, uh, I. I I will say a completely unrelated fact uh, to the fact that this is the, I think, third pay-per-view in a row where Drew McIntyre is fighting some sort of illness. I recently learned that steroid use fucks with your immune system. Um, anyway. Oh, I mean, I can't imagine why you would bring that up right here. No, no. It's just, it's just a random thing I learned. Yeah. Uh, Scarlett got involved in the match, unsurprisingly, but uh, McIntyre uh, escaped by uh, jumping over the cage and winning. Okay, all right. Was she fully like no, had no bare skin showing as well? Uh, that must have been weird for her. I I think she's got that weird uh, all over cat suit thing going on. So okay. all right. So yeah that that that's what happened there. Uh, six man tag, uh, Judgment Day. of uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio defeated the OC of AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, and Luke Gallows. Um, crowd was super into it, but you know, it was just fine. What is specifically interesting is Michael Cole mentioned that Carl Anderson is the current never open weight champion of New Japan pro wrestling. Wow. Yeah. So we got that. Uh, Braun Strowman defeated Omos and then decided to fight in the entire wrestling industry on Twitter afterwards. God, that guy's such a chump. Yeah. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't bother. Not worth the brain cells. Yeah. Uh, the Usos defeated the Brawling Brutes to retain the undisputed WWE tag team titles. Apparently, Jay Uso fucked up his wrist um, on a house show, but th- that became the story of the match. Okay. All right. Uh, Bianca Belair defeated Bailey to retain the Raw Women's Championship in a last woman standing match. Okay. Uh, but I assume this feud must continue. Uh, Bray Wyatt cut a promo to the disinterested people of Saudi Arabia, and Uncle Howdy popped up again. Okay, yep, a lot more nothing there. And then Roman Reigns defeated Logan Paul, and that was the show. Okay, um, right. on the whole, people really liked the show. Um, you know, credit where credit is due there, but there are some really uninspired things going on already in that company. I mean, just this—the mention of anything Bray Wyatt related just makes me roll my eyes and start to tune out whatever's being said. Yeah, that's me. I mean, he's not—he's not doing anything of note. You know, he's not feuding with anyone. He's not feuding with anyone beside himself. I I mean, maybe—maybe they were just you know in a um, stalled motion, wheels turning sort of thing until this was out of the way, and then hopefully, maybe. Monday night, something happens with this guy. Or? Also, really bold to have an extended talking segment in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I'm not sure of their um, uh, proclivity towards speaking English in the grand scheme of things. I don't know. Honestly, yeah, I, I don't know. I just this probably felt like of the the cards they've put together for the Saudi Arabia shows. I'm, I, admittedly, I I try to watch as few of them as possible. But this felt the least like, oh, we're booking a show for Saudi Arabia and the most like we're booking a show for ourselves. It just happens to be in Saudi Arabia, which definitely is a change of pace. But I don't know if it's a good thing. At least, you know, Triple H and Stephanie went over there and and shook hands and praised the the murderous leaders of the country. They they gave him a world title. Sure. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, Houston Astros. You also have one coming your way. Uh, You and MBS recipients of the WWE championships this week. And a blood-covered pad. Yeah. Cheaters and murderers. There you go. Anyway, let's talk about another wrestling show in a foreign land. Uh, I thought there was another Triple, a- Triple Mania this week. <laughs> Not this week. Instead, we had New Japan Pro Wrestling return for a Battle Autumn in Osaka. Okay. Uh, Osaka was, Joe Hall? Uh Yes. Uh, and, and this was the show that was supposed to feature the Carl Anderson right. defense of the Never Openweight Championship, which did not happen. But here's what did happen. Uh, Francisco Akira, TJP of the United Empire, successfully defended the junior tag team titles against Teton and Bushi. Okay. Fall Guy Bushi. Uh, fall Guy Bushi, indeed. But he was not T-shirt Bushi. So that's how you knew he was working hard. Uh, there you go. So Big had show. That going on Big there. show, Boosh. Yes. Uh, we had the United Empire uh, team of Gideon Gray, Aaron Hernare, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis going against the New Japan Seki Gun team of Toriano, David Finley, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Alex Zane. Would you like to guess who won? um not the united empire it actually was the united empire. was it yeah the uh, aussie okay. open hit uh uh cor- 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 how however you pronounce their finisher corlo cor-, cor they hit their finisher on yano corleo cor cornholio Cor, corleo Corolius, Corelian star destroyer i don't know yeah coriolis can you Cor- use it in a sentence, please? The Coriolis effect is where the toilets run the different. It's the whole <laughs> Simpsons episode. Yeah, fair. Hikalero no, defeated, <laughs> defeated Yujiro Takahashi. Would you it like to guess how long that match was? Under three minutes. Yes, you are correct. In fact, let me, let me hit you one of these. Uh, it was Eight. 28 seconds long. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, Hikaleo beat down everyone from House of Torture, called for the opening bell himself, and then hit Ujiro with a choke slam. Dang, post match, Hikaleo called out Carl Anderson. So, I guess we're getting that at the dome. Um, had... how did they going to strip him from the title? I mean, what the I come on, know, guys, dude. get your house in order. Uh, we had a semifinal for the New Japan World TV Championship tournament, Ren Narita defeating Sonata. Nice. to so be a very good match. Very good. Uh, Ren Narita uh, would be facing the winner of the following match at the Tokyo Dome for the New Japan World TV Championship. It was Zack Sabre Jr. against Evil. And Zack Sabre Jr. ended up winning. He nice fought world. off the entire uh, House of Torture with some help from the Young Lions. Okay. So, uh, ZSJ, Ren Narita... At Wrestle Kingdom for the New Japan World Television Championship. I'm here for that. We had the incredible tag match, so mixed partners tag. Uh, It ended up being Master Wado and El Desperado, defeating Mm -hmm. Hiromu Takahashi and Taji Ishimori. Um, And uh, And Those are the four men who will be fighting each other at the Dome for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. And they actually drew straws to find out who the partners were going to be. Okay. Uh, but uh, Wado pins Hiromu. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know they're trying to push Wado here, but Jesus. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a, it was a wonky finish where uh, Ishimori hits a uh, uh, jumping knee on um, on uh, Hiromu. Wado fell onto Hiromu, and that's mm-hmm. how the finish happened. Okay. Still. Tomataga and Kazuchika Okada defeated Jay White and Kenta. Followed uh, by Kenta? Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, Tama hit the gun stunt on, okay. on uh, Kenta. Um, then we had, I said to be great match, FTR successfully defending the IWGP tag team titles against Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. All right, cool. Shout out Brian Alvarez for in every radio show I heard this week, him calling them Jeff Cobb and Great Cobb. <laughs> it's it's, wow. it's how i will continue to see that name from now on yeah know? uh and then the main event was said to be absolutely phenomenal as will osprey successfully defended the iwgp us heavyweight championship against tetsuya naito all right no shirt naito no shirt naito worked hard but post match osprey yeah. wanted to uh ca- call out his next challenger for the stardom crossover show he asked if anyone was willing to step up. Seems like no one was going to come out. As Osprey started to leave the ring, lights go out. Sabu? Not Sabu, as much as I'd want it to be. Instead, it was his next challenger, who has a fun new nickname. Okay. It's Roughneck Shota Omino. So close, Shota. Shoda, so close. So close. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be Omino uh, uh, versus Osprey at the Stardom New Japan crossover show. Cool. And we actually have the full card for that now. Yeah, I saw, I saw Mayu Iwatani versus Kyrie on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Julia and Zack Saber Jr. are in a mixed tag match against two people. Right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give you the full rundown. Yeah. Uh, we got uh, eight man tag: of Young Lions, as it's Oscar Lube, Kosei Fujita, Ryohei Aiwa, and Yuto Nakashima against Clark Connors, Alex Coughlin, Kevin Knight, and Gabriel Kidd. Gee, I wonder who's been in that one. We're gonna have a fifteen woman stardom Rambo. Okay. Uh, we're gonna get a uh, eight man tag chaos of Tamahiro Ishi, Yoshihashi, Yo, and Leo Rush. Leo Rush is in chaos all of a sudden. Apparently. Okay. You're gonna be going against the House of Torture of Evil, Yajiro Takahashi, Show, and Dick Togo. Okay. Got a six woman tag of the Queens Quest trio of. Lady C, AZM, and Saya Kitavania against the Down on Del Mundo trio of My Sakurai, Tekla, and Hemika. Chris, you're going to mm-hmm. fall in love with Tekla. I'm just saying this. Now. Okay. I'm calling a shot. All right. Uh, name is spelled like Thekla, T H E K L A. Okay. I want to throw that into your Instagram later. Ah. Uh, Tom Lawler and Suri are going to be going against Zach Saber Jr. and Julio. That's it. That's what you're talking about. Big fan of Julia. <laughs> She's great. I, on multiple levels. Yeah. Uh, we got Natsupoi, Tam Nakano, Yoshinobu Kanamaro, and Taichi against El Desperado, Doki, Starlight Kid, and Momo Watanabe. Fall guy Doki. <laughs> uh, now if puts him in the Doki Choki. Okie Doki. We've got uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Utami Hayashishida against uh, Hiroki Goto and Mika. We've got the... The, the, the the art school from, um, from down in Baldwin? Yes. City. Yes. No. Micah? Okay. No. Uh, that'd be amazing uh, that, that Tana <laughs> like has to carry school. an entire art school to a five star match. He could. He could. Uh, LIJ group, uh, and I just want to point out who got top billing on LIJ here Shingo Tsukagi, Tetsuya Naito, Hiromo Takahashi, Sonata, and Bushi against the United Empire group of Aussie Open, TJP, Francisco Akira, and Gideon Gray. Let's go. We've got the final New Japan match of the Great Muda, as it's Great Muda, Toro Yano and Kazuchiko Kata against the Great Okan, Aaron Hanare, and Jeff Cobb. Hmm. Will Osprey will be defending the U.S. Championship against Shota Amino. And as you mentioned before, for the IWGP Women's Championship Finals, Kairi against Mayu Iwatani. That match should roll. That's, and when is this uh, card? Uh, that's on the 20th. Okay. Uh, so two weeks from today, the bummer is it's one of those shows that New Japan is uh, charging as a separate pay per view at first. Gotcha. So eh, uh, I can wait. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would probably be waiting anyway to find out what people said were the top matches because I don't have the patience or time for a a four-and-a-half-hour show anymore. Um, I used to be all about it, man. Now I'm just – Pandemic time was very different than than regular time. Well, Well, even pre-pandemic, I would watch full like New Japan shows. That's fair. You were always more more into that than I was. Yeah. But I also, as we've discussed before, I I tend to grab bag a bunch of different companies' matches and and just try to – watch way more wrestling than i do yeah but it's it's always just random matches it's not full shows. that reminds me on on the random wrestling tip Mm. uh did you see all the news about fight plus this week i saw that they're adding gcw to their lineup included Uh, in the uh in the five dollars per month yeah yeah, five bucks a month uh gcw's in there um the wrestling revolver which is sammy callahan's fed Okay. black label pro uh MCW Zach wildshead uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh MCw is part of the the, the okay. plus setup um also uh Cleveland's aiw mm-hmm. um honestly if you were a GCW fan to start the uh the five bucks a month is a ridiculous deal because they were charging 15 bucks per show previously wow and they were doing easily four to six shows a month that many show huh? okay yeah. so uh a heck of a deal if you're a gcw fan okay. um, personally it's another fucking streaming service so yeah yeah it's a little harder even at five bucks to say yeah i'll do it maybe i'll throw five bucks mania weekend you know to to watch some of those shows but i don't know i mean that's the price of a nacho fries uh cravings box you yeah, know that's a great I mean, point. That's a great point. Well, maybe maybe we'll figure something out. We'll split it two fifty a piece, <laughs> no. and I live yeah. right by a Taco Bell. That's right. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a, I got one nearby. Not it, not that good though. Oh, well. it, it, it's funny how the uh, unlike some other fast food fast food places, Taco Bell and I feel like Wendy's is the other one where like the quality can greatly differ from true. location to location. True. Well, this one also is a combo KFC. Ah, that's the problem. It. They, they yeah. their focus <laughs> is not there. They they've think about too many different things. Yeah, but it is true about cuz I remember, you know, the one at Lock Raven and Taylor, garbage. I would always go out of my yes. way to the one at Old Harford and Joppa, which was primo. And then the one right by you, uh, you know, without blowing up your spot is really good as well. So, It is a good one. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, hey, let's hit this button. (music) AEW Dynamite was live in Baltimore, Maryland this past Wednesday night. Chesapeake Employees Insurance Arena on the campus of UMBC. Or as it was called multiple times, the Chesapeake Arena, which is not a thing. Nope. Anyway. I'm I'm going to read this verbatim because I think it's true. What started as a fun opener ended up being straight out of an episode of Nitro, which I'm not sure is necessarily a good thing. No, definitely not. So it was Jay Lethal versus Darby Allen. You know we're very mixed on Jay Lethal here. Yeah, he's a fine performer, but many other problems. Yes, many other problems, and also... Uh, the juice not necessarily worth the squeeze. There are many people who could be in the role of Jay Lethal sure. that I feel like could do the role better. Even um, the aforementioned juice. Yeah, perfect yeah. example. <laughs> there you go. But the angle that they had to build the match, Kurt, very compelling. Yes. Uh, the angle they had to build the match two weeks ago, very compelling. Mm-hmm. That in-between bit about like a friend from Darby's past, that was kind of strange. Yeah, really wasn't into I, it. I get why they did it. Oh well, I get why they did it. however, it, it still doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. So uh, the match was going pretty well. It, it was it was pretty interesting, including an absolutely amazing spot. Shout out to the person on Twitter in its dying days who uh, decided to put a, a perfectly timed squeaky noise <laughs> to Darby <laughs> Allen doing a dive to the outside. And bouncing off of Satnam Singh. Yeah, just b- hilarious. Amazing spot. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Uh, Had to suck. And uh, as everything's going uh, crazy here, uh, someone comes out wearing a Sting coat and a Sting mask. And clearly he, not Sting. Clearly not Sting. Body type at all. Hits Darby Allen with a baseball bat to the ribs. This allows Jay Lethal to hit the lethal injection for the victory. And then Sting went ahead and took his mask off. And I have audio from the show. Oh, okay. So Sting takes his mask off and. Thank you. I was going to say, I hope it's crickets. Cole Carter from the factory. I, I still know. don't know who that is. Uh, he was part of uh, uh, of uh, the mobster guy's crew in NXT 2.0, which I know still means nothing to you. He got yeah. let go. Then he was brought in. He worked, I think. Oh, he worked uh, Ricky Starks like two months ago on Dynamite. Sure, and it was like, why is this guy on TV? Uh, he got joined to the factory. I guess now he's part of a crew with these assholes. Yeah. Uh, but even the commentary was like what? <laughs> Sometimes Tony and Taz don't have good uh self control. No, they 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 have no poker faces. No, no. Yeah. Uh and then Sting's entrance music hits. Right. Crowd goes nuts cuz Baltimore of course, old WCW territory. Sure, yeah. Uh and Lethal and everybody are watching the stage. Like, is going to be the big moment where, you know, Papa Sting comes and saves his baby boy Darby and all of that. Instead, fucking Jeff Jarrett shows up. Now, that's J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T-T. I believe there's some Haas in there. I could be wrong. Yeah. So he comes in, murks Darby with a guitar. Yeah. Like, splits his head open. Lots of baby powder in that thing too. Yeah, and and, and Darby was leaking on the mat. Like mm-hmm. that looked that was that was dark blood. That looked bad. <laughs> yeah, that was a couple layers of, uh, of of skin level down there. Uh, so Jeff Jarrett cuts a promo, uh, talking about. Uh, I mean, who the fuck? No, who the fuck cares? Really. It, the the long story short is. It basically sounds like that Jarrett has joined with those assholes mm-hmm. to form a pseudo TNA faction who's pissed off at everyone in AEW who like came from that era. But what the fuck does this have to do with Darby? Nothing. Like absolutely nothing. Okay. Concurrently, it's uh-huh. been announced that Jeff Jarrett has been hired as a new vice president of live events of AEW. Okay. Similar role to what he was just performing in WWE until he was fired and replaced with Road Dogg because Triple H needed his people back in play. I completely understand having someone in the company. In fact, upon learning that they didn't have someone, I was pretty surprised. Having someone who is supposed to be the hands-on person with the venues plotting out tour schedules basically avoiding what a lot of people have made into a meme the idea that every single aw show is in texas or chicago okay i get that that makes well, total well, sense for to Fortnite too oh yeah that's true that's true but it's it, it, they they seem to very much be like <laughs> we have these dozen cities and we go there all the fucking time yeah i mean a lot of jersey too yeah a lot you of know? jersey i mean hey we've been here two three years bit. three two three times a year um so I get the idea of having someone who has these contacts with the big arenas and all these different cities all across the country, have them bring their Rolodex to AEW. The sure. conversation's probably easier because it's like, hey, it's Jeff Jarrett, the guy who you worked with previously. You know, I understand that. From a business perspective, I'm not gonna poo-poo this at all. He doesn't fucking need to be on TV as a pro wrestler. No, he does not. Even I certainly if, don't need to see him in a match. Even if, and I will point this part out because I was shocked by it. I don't know if you noticed, Chris. Even if his arms looked fucking great. I never noticed think- Jeff Jarrett had, had super fucking jacked arms. Yeah. I mean, they're a little, you know, 50-year-old rubbery, but they're but in pretty they, good shape. they look fucking jacked. I was like, yeah. what the? Where did these come from? But still, I, I, I don't. I don't need him as a performer in the ring. No. know, He and Jay Liesel just worked the last match Ric Flair. That is not something you should aspire to. <laughs> In your programming right now? No, no. You try and keep it far away from that as possible. Honestly, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't care for this. I don't care to see more Jay Lethal on my TV. I don't give any sh- amount of shit about Cole Carter, and I don't want, uh, I, I don't want to see Jeff Jarrett wrestle. But yeah, here we no, are, man. Well, no. I, 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 I want none of that. Again, the only thing about any of this that makes any sense to me is Jeff Jarrett getting involved, helping them book. Sure. You know, yeah. No, behind the uh, scenes. Absolutely. He's, he's scenes. been around the business his entire life. Yeah. Comes from a, a legacy of, of wrestling promoters. Sure. And and to his credit, you know, uh, in, in every single snippet I've seen from his podcast, the one he does with, with Comrade Thompson, mm-hmm. he comes off as a guy who with the amount of time he's been away from the day in, day out of pro wrestling as a as a performer Seems to have a decent head on his shoulders about himself as a performer. He seems to have an understanding of, you know, the TNA reign of terror and all this other shit. So he's become more self-aware over the years is what you're saying. Yes. Gotcha. However, I still don't need to see him work a fucking match. You have an entire locker room of people who need more reps. I don't need a 50 fucking year old Jeff Jarrett on TV. Tony, where the fuck's Miro. Where's the fucks Miro? Perfect example. Perfect example. <laughs> Where the fucks Miro? Where the fucks Andrade? Okay. Well, we, I think we know about that one. Well, I <laughs> mean, <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought Andrade would be the pain in the ass of LFI and not Roosh? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> we'll see what happens when Roosh and Bandito face off on Rampage. Yeah, I know. Anyway, John Moxley cut a promo putting over Lee Moriarty. The most they've put over Lee Moriarty at all throughout this entire build-up to a match. Then we had the uh, Elite Tease, a video of them winning the Trios titles, but then it was deleted. And then Death Triangle's win was shown instead. And then it was a graphic of uh, Kenny Omega and Young Bucks on live event advertisements, but then replaced with Death Triangle. I think I know where this story's going. <sighs> and then we had John Moxley against Lee Moriarty. In a world title eliminator match. And this was a match where there are different layers to it. Like an, like a parfait. <laughs> yeah, like a parfait. Yeah. Everybody likes parfait. Everybody likes parfait. So, Lee Moriarty and John Moxley worked their ass off. Yeah. Lee no Moriarty argument. proved he can hang in ring with John Moxley. If you are paying attention. However, there were multiple things which made it hard to pay attention to it. Let us embrace bit number one. Lee Moriarty came into this match cold as fuck. Yes. I think Lee Moriarty is incredibly talented. And he should absolutely be spoken of in the same breath as a Wheeler Yuta and a Daniel Garcia. However, he has not been presented as such. Exactly. Since all like they came up. Into AEW right around the same time. Mm -hmm. Garcia and Yuta have basically been omnipresent on AEW television. Yeah. Lee Moriarty had one tag match against the BCC, one singles match with Danielson, which really fucking rolled, and then he did fuck all, was on dark and dark elevation where I know they film this shit every week, but I'll be damned if anything worthwhile happens on it. Right. He kind of got a push, and now he's part of the firm, and he looks like Frank Ocean. He said he was going after Daniel Garcia in a promo with Stokely Hathaway a few weeks ago. That hasn't turned into anything. Mm -mm. And he's given this match. And look, I'm sure for him, it was awesome. You get to be in the ring with AEW world champion, On live TV. Sure. Big moment. Now, what helps get a guy over? Crowd reaction. Yeah. He's already kind of handicapped because he comes out, and they have no idea who this guy is dancing to this fucking, I'll be honest, I think it's pretty fucking sweet, entrance music, wearing a tiger mask. Yeah. Who the fuck is this guy? They don't know. To be fair, Baltimore, notoriously terrible for its crowd reactions. (laughs) Unless... And this is where the other problem is. My understanding as to how these things work is when a major celebrity comes to a professional wrestling show, <laughs> security <clears throat> takes the time to figure out what's the best way to get this guy in and out yeah, sure. of his seat. We want to make sure he doesn't get bothered. Yeah, people are going to react, but we don't want them to get bothered. We want them just... Go to their seat and that's it. So typically you would do this during a commercial break if you're on a TV show, oh, ideally. I mean, that's that's a great idea. But how about this, Chris? What if you do it in the middle of a world title match so everyone pays attention to the guy walking to his chair instead of the fucking match going on in front of him? Well, to be fair, it was an eliminator match, not a world title match. Touche. Well, Touche. <laughs> but still, Everything it else is you the said it was 100% top correct. guy in the company. <laughs> yeah. It's his segment. Yeah. Why didn't you send him the fuck out while Jeff Jarrett was rambling? Ugh, I mean, for me, it wouldn't have helped, but, you know, I get it. So the crowd's more interested in fucking chanting MVP. Oh, it was Lamar Jackson, by the way, who was, who was brought to the, the ringside area. Never heard For of those him. who do not know who he is, he is the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens. Never he heard of him. He is very good at being a quarterback and terrible when it comes to COVID protocols. But he was brought to his seat, and the crowd... Instead of paying attention, the match in front of them wants to chant MVP and do the fucking Seven Nation Army chant, which for some reason people in this fucking city think they invented as a sports chant, ignoring Uh, the entire other side of the globe that's been doing it for actual football games for ages. If I ever meet Jack Black, I'm punching him. Not Jack Black. Jack White. I like Jack Black. I hate Jack White. Why do you hate Jack White? Because he created that fucking song. But it's not his fault that these fucking... He wrote the song... Back to had idiots he not written it Our he, chanting he'd be it. safe and they also chanted it at the wrong times like it's supposed to be about building your defense people from change. Baltimore idiots <sighs> anyway Moxley ends up winning and uh, we, we we were told because uh, Ethan Page was on commentary who brought n- fucking nothing to the table I like Ethan Page just fine but he brought nothing to the table on commentary It's because you couldn't see his great tits uh, that's a great point um, Excalibur is putting over page Talking about more names being uh, Tossed out there for the title eliminator tournament um, Which is going to be culminating in full gear And of course Paige wants to get in there With John All right, Fine <sighs> Renee Paquette was supposed to have a face to face With Soraya and Britt Baker Britt Baker never showed up So it was just Soraya and Renee Paquette Renee said that she would be cleared soon But she needs to speak to one last doctor mm, a Wink The DMD perhaps Wink I'm just going to say this, Soraya. If your physical approval depends on a dentist for your neck injury, you may not be smart. Well, you know, I think uh, the the big book of British smiles will let us to believe that uh, people from the... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they all have a lot of experience with dentists. <laughs> sorry, they're, they're miracle workers. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Paul. Apologies. And also, if, if, if you are uh, currently uh, in, in, ingesting broccoli right now, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, Lamar Jackson was shown ringside, and then Tony Schiavone was talking with William Regal. Cut a quick promo on MGF, who was not on the show at all this week. That's right. Yeah, he was. He, I, I guess mean, he was selling the beatdown. A okay. video package would have helped. Uh, you know, I think he had been a little overexposed. I didn't need a promo from him every week. I'm okay with him missing this week. I didn't need a promo from him, but you know what? A recap would have been great, especially with the firm en mass gloating about it. Well, there you go. That was your recap. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Regal said that MJF had all the potential in the world, but it's not going to help MJF when he has to face a real demon in John Moxley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like MJF would be benefited by the support of the actual villain. Anyway. We had the daddy-ass birthday bash, which was probably the closest pro wrestling has ever come to an Attitude Era segment.
1: Since the Attitude
0: Era? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, People were losing their shit over this. Yeah. Um, Those guys are super fucking over, and I love to see it. Yeah. Uh, Bowens especially. Bowens absolutely deserves this. He's, He's so fucking good. Yeah, they're all great. I no mean, offense you know. to Caster, and it, it's pretty crazy to talk about Billy Gunn in 2022 as a hot act. Yeah. But uh, uh, Bowens is the guy where I'm like, that that dude is gonna be huge one day. Yeah, I mean, he's huge right now. But I mean, I think he's gonna be a big Solo's guy, Solo guy, eventually. Um, so uh, they gave multiple gifts to uh, to Billy Gunn. He was given scissoring foam fingers. Dude, his Great. fingers being attacked by uh, by swerve. Uh, and, and those things are just going to print money. Yep, uh, <laughs> I know. Um, I know. AEW is really looking forward to the, the new TV increase, but you might just cover that with foam fingers alone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, they got a scissor sign from the crowd from uh, a kid uh, for Billy Gunn, which I thought was pretty adorable. Yeah, and then the, the trophy, the world's greatest daddy trophy. Well, see, that's the thing. They kept talking about the world's greatest daddy. That trophy fucking said world's greatest dad. Come on. They wrote D.Y. at the end of it. Did you oh, not I, see that? I didn't notice the D.Y. Yeah, yeah. They wrote it in pink. It was written in pink, so it wasn't. Oh, okay. You got to really look and see it. But okay. on the close up, it said daddy. Oh, OK. OK. I was like, come on, guys. Like, yeah, where's... no, it was okay. there. OK. okay. Um, and also, th- uh, they presented uh, Billy Gunn with a uh, certificate for adoption, so he would become their daddy. <laughs> That's kind of great. But uh, the Gun Club interrupted, asked where their invitation was, said they brought a gift, and that gift was a big boot from W. Morrissey. Yeah. Taking out Billy Gunn, and then the firm beat down the Acclaimed and gun, then FTR hits the ring, and we had a standoff between FTR and the Acclaimed over those tag titles. So, nice nice little build there for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Tony Schiavone was uh, backstage with Britt Baker and Jimmy Hader. Baker said she was going to do her interview on her time with her own interviewer. And Hader said she's just sick of all this and wants to wrestle. So, they said they wanted a tag match against any two ladies on Rampage. And privately, I said to myself, anyone but Madison Rain. <laughs> <laughs> well... Chris Jericho, Daniel Garcia, and Jake Hager came to the ring ahead of Jericho's open challenge. He said, uh, Jericho said that he challenged any former Ring of Honor champion of of any kind, and he'd even kick Lamar Jackson's ass. Yeah. And uh, who was it but Colt Cabana? Yeah. In a message that said to the world, fuck you, Phil. And I get that. Yeah. I do. Uh, and sure, this was, I guess, uh, you know, to show the boys where Tony stands on the whole situation and yes. it indirectly confirms all the stuff that Tony had denied over the past couple months, yep. uh, or past year, I guess, since, uh, uh, punk returned to the company or made his debut in the company, returned to wrestling. But I mean, one, he almost killed Chris Jericho. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I too, th- the rest of the match was not good. It was fine. I thought it was fine. I, I think that the spot that went terribly wrong was probably Jericho getting a, a little too comfortable, because uh, Jericho's been cra- calling some crazy spots during this Ring of Honor run. Yeah, and uh, I, I feel like this is one where they were like, what, "What's what's the phrase? The the mind was willing, but the body wasn't, or something like that." Mm-hmm. Uh, it it just. The flesh is- weak and spongy yeah Uh they, they yeah. just were like hey let's 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 do this thing and then <laughs> reality came crashing down hard yeah because you Instead had a of 43 year old was death old by attempted 50, at Chicago skyline yes yes <laughs> Uh but Jericho ends up winning with the code breaker for yeah. a change uh, and then post-match Jericho Garcia and Hager walked up the ramp and went after Ian Riccoboni including breaking his glasses pencil neck geek yeah. Uh, and then the Blackpool Combat Club makes the save, uh, most notably with Jericho and Claudio beating the crap out of each other. I I, I cannot stress this enough. I need the JAS and BCC to not be near each other anymore. Great I news. As we so found out on Friday, they're this. going against each other. I know. So full gear. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just beyond sick of this shit. I looked it up, and the BCC became part of the feud on May 11th. It seems like it's been longer than that. Oh, I I know. That's six months as it is. Because the Kingston-Jericho feud's been going on since the beginning of the year, and that's what led through all of this. God. And the first real match that happened between the BCC and the Jericho Appreciation Society was a a stipulation match. So. It was Anarchy in the Arena before right. the Blood Gods, but still. We had Arch Cassidy going against Luchasaurus and Ray Phoenix in a triple threat match. This match absolutely ruled. A lot of fun. Yeah, I Super mean, fun. Phoenix and OC are really good together. Luchasaurus got most of his stuff in, he, you know. But uh, we had uh, a moment that not in a million years would I have said would have happened on Dynamite – in my backyard. Yeah. So uh, Luchasaurus was going to choke slam Orange Cassidy off of the stage, but then Jungle Boy comes out, hits Luchasaurus with uh, a chair across the back, and then Jack Perry does a running dive cross body, taking Luchasaurus off the stage to the table. Probably one of the cleanest yet most insane looking bumps. Yeah. I've seen on AEW in some time. Super smooth. The anti Julia Hart table bump. Yes, Uh, that left Phoenix and OC in the ring. And I realized I I I neglected to mention this promo in uh, our recap earlier in the evening. There was a promo with uh, Death Triangle where Pack tried to get Ray Phoenix to take the ring bell to Mm -hmm. secure that double title. Um, But Pack was at ringside, tried to give the hammer to Phoenix. Phoenix throws it away. There was some near falls. Phoenix goes for somersault, but leaps right into an orange punch. Cassidy retains. So as he is celebrating, Pack attacks Cassidy, grabs a hammer and goes to attack him. And then on live television in the year <laughs> of our Lord, 2022 on TBS, a network where they air the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. In my city, in my state, this music kicks in like, no, there's no no fucking way (laughs) they hit the wrong button. Katsuyuri fucking Shibata comes out. Yeah. Flanked by Rocky Romero and the best friends. And credit where credit is due, we were just motherfucking Baltimore for terrible reactions to things. Yes, there was that immediate, much like me. Wait, no, how did? That, no way, that's not right. But when Shibata walked out, people lost their fucking minds, and rightfully so. It was a, it was an amazing moment. I mean, it was it was incredible at Forbidden Door, but I thought that was one and done. Like even sure. th- uh, that wasn't in my my realm of possibilities for forbidden door from the jump. Yeah. And that was one thing that he would show up on a random dynamite in November, 2022. Yeah. In and Baltimore. then more importantly, challenge orange Cassidy for the all Atlantic. He signs the dream match contract. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, at first I was like, "Well, well, Pack's right there," and Pack looked like he was ready to fight. Yeah, and then he just kind of took a powder out, and then it was it was OC and Shibata in there. Which, I mean, yeah, absolutely is great, but also Shibata Shibata and Pac is just you know, oh. sitting right there with me salivating over it. Well, uh, some some additional information about this. Mm-hmm. Um, this was something that was discussed about the weekend of Forbidden Door. Shibata made it clear to Tony Khan, to AEW, that he had some dream matches he would like to do in AEW. Right. And weirdly enough, his top two picks were one, Orange Cassidy, (laughs) and two, not as surprising, but still, two, Brian Brian Danielson. Danielson. Yeah, of course. (laughs) So I assume at some point, I'm going to guess mid April in Topeka, Kansas. We are going to get (laughs) Brian Davidson against Katsuyuri Shibata. But still, fucking Shibata. Yeah. A man who might have died from a headbutt in the ring five years ago. Yeah. Shows up. He wants to fight the hand in the pants guy. Yeah. He wants to fight pocket man. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) 2022 is wild, man. Uh, Tony Schiavone was then backstage with Swerve Strickland and Rick Ross, the boss, the big boss, who decides, I'm going to become the most engaging pro wrestling character you've seen in ages. Yeah, he was full in hype mode. I was for it. (laughs) So like, he's hanging out with Swerve. Keith Lee comes in and says he hasn't heard from Swerve. He wants to know who was holding the camera when Swerve was assaulting Billy Gunn, and fucking Rick Ross yell, these are accusations! Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing! And apparently Rick Ross g- did this promo in one take. I believe so, it. Uh, I believe it. Uh, I, I don't know what it costs, but fucking hell, make him Swerve's Look, mouthpiece. Swerve is actually, a great it, promo guy, too. Uh, yeah. And, and if... If you haven't seen it yet, uh, OG538, Swerve on Hey EW oh, is, man. is so great. It is very good, yes. Uh, I mean, any. <laughs> here's just a taste. It starts with, of course, Swerve sort of saying, whose house? And RJ City goes immediately, Hugh Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 10 out of 10 right there. But look. <laughs> <laughs> if if Tony can get Action Bronson into a match, you yeah. can get Rick Ross into something here. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- this was great. Uh, but uh, it was announced that next week on Dynamite it would be an eight man tag. uh, and Glory and the Gun Club against FTR and the Acclaimed. Okay, I'm here for that. Then we had uh, Jade Cargill against Marina Shafir. Good news. Someone realized Marina Shafir's entrance music sucked. Yeah, so they God. had Mikey Ruckus fix that problem. But uh, that doesn't fix all the problems. Yeah, she's still a bad wrestler, too. She's still a bad wrestler, and they did the thing that you should never do, which is have a pro wrestler commentate over a match live. Yeah, especially when Vicky Guerrero's right there as well. And as much as I enjoy what Nyla Rose says, the voice is in the Vicky Guerrero territory, personally. A little gravy. But I'm sure that's by design. I also think Nyla Rose's promo voice sounds weirdly like Lois Griffin, and I apologize if that... Is oh, I, I apologize. That's now something you can't unhear. But great. Yeah. Fair. Anyway, uh, Cargill won with the jaded. And that was that. Yeah. Kira Hogan tried to uh, stink attack Nyla Rose to get the TBS title. She failed but, miserably. Uh, she failed. And then we got a video package of the House of Black. Fuck yeah. <laughs> See, I think we're on different sides of the coin here. This is more... Mumbo jumbo to me. Like, what the, what the fuck does this even mean? What is uh, this? Is it's approaching Bray Wyatt stuff for me. I, this this does not work for me. Hey, it just means Bernie King to me on my television again. I mean, yes, that's that's great. And more importantly, they paid fucking Doug Bradley to do the voiceover. That was Doug Bradley. I was fucking Doug Bradley. Huh. All right. Uh for those who don't know, Doug Bradley, the original pinhead from yes. the Hellraiser uh movies, also does a lot of voiceover for Cradle of Filth, if yeah. you uh care Which or is know probably about how Malachi decided I'm gonna have this guy do our voiceover. Uh what yeah. I did notice is uh nobody in the mix there. I mean okay. Yeah. I don't really need I don't know. Yeah, I, just Brody, just let Brody and, and, and uh, Malachi just be a tag team and, and wreck some shit. I'm fine with that. I don't need buddy. I sure as fuck don't need Julia Hart trying to act like a goth chick. It's not it's, that's not for me. I need uh, this. This did not get me uh, super pumped like it did for you. Uh, uh, fair, fair. Uh, and then we had inexplicably as the main event of the evening for the Ring of Honor TV title. It was Samoa Joe against Brian Cage. Now, this match was very, very good. Yeah, it uh, was. They, you know, Cage really punched above his grade in terms of, of how he handled himself in this match, and they just beat the piss out of each other, which is mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, But I just look at some of the other matches that were on the other undercard, and it's like, your main event with Joey Samoa and Brian Cage? Marvin, really? Yeah, a little bit of a head scratcher there. It felt it wasn't like a like- Rampage main event. It, it, yeah, it wasn't like a massive like, angle or anything to, to close no, the show, no. so I don't really—I don't know. The only thing I really liked about it was post-match, yes, the embassy got involved and beat down Joe until Wardlow showed up. But then Hobbs comes out, lays out Wardlow, and holds up the TNT title, so fuck yeah to that. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I'm glad to see Hobbs and Starks both back on our TVs this week, so yes. that's, that's a plus. And then it was the show that quite literally, for once— We were waiting for. What's the only way to make OC versus Katsuyari Shibata more surreal, Chris? Uh, The only way to make it more surreal? Do it on a Friday night in Atlantic City with Mike Tyson on commentary? There it is. Jim (laughs) Ross introducing the show, welcoming us to AEW Dynamite. And remembers its rampage. They bring out Did Mike. he actually do that I missed that? He did. Jesus Christ. Brings out Mike Tyson on commentary and uh it was OC versus Katsuyari Shibata. I want to ask you legitimately, how did you feel about Mike Tyson on commentary? Um it felt like you or I with a higher pitched voice. actually <laughs> All right, not you, because you're better in that than I am. It felt like me with a higher pitched voice trying to add color commentary to a match. You know what? I, I that's that's about where I'm at. Like I don't think he embarrassed himself. No, I don't he think didn't. he was bad. He was unnecessary. Definitely unnecessary. But he and- knew his shit. You which was more the surprise than anything else. Right. He's he's a fan, clearly. Uh, maybe not so much uh, as Shibata, of, of Shibata than Orange he Cassidy. He called a stuff. fucking STO, though, which is just Well, like, I mean, other people what? have done an STO before, but... Um, Still, what, I don't know many people know it as an STO. The... Uh, from a broadcast standpoint... He talked over everybody. Uh, He talked over the introductions. He didn't, you know, not a a very good broadcaster. He was was basically a a fan trying to, you know, like he was sitting around, you know, his Vegas mansion with his boys, you know, watching wrestling and him just talking about it, but on live national television. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I can't say it was good by any means, but I I think what was more surprising me was it wasn't embarrassing. No, it wasn't embarrassing. It this, was just this completely was unnecessary. was Artie either. Donovan at King of the Ring 94. <laughs> no, no. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't quite as annoying as Chris Jericho yelling for an hour on yes. the show as well. At least he was just done after that match. Yeah. But again, you know, it, it was kind of a – if I had bought a ticket to that Rampage show with the promise of Mike Tyson being there and all he does is commentary for the opening match, I'd have been a little pissed. Uh, no disagreement. No disagreement, because that's that's all he did. He he called the opening match, and then he was gone. He yeah. was never addressed for the rest of the night. No, nope. uh, but that match though, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I I it's so hard to like if if I were in the seat that Dave Meltzer was in, one I'd clean up a lot of fucking paper. But two, <laughs> but two, I don't know how one would rate this type of match because it is. It, it is it's less like. That it was it a match of the year no was it a moment of the year absolutely yeah it was it was a kind of a i mean not like a grand spectacle but it was uh it, it was a spectacle in like uh, just being interesting of right. uh, you know opposing styles how is you know the the fighting spirit violence of uh, of of Shibata going to go against yeah. the you know uh lackadaisical laissez-faire fair sort yeah. of uh you know pants man orange cassidy gimmick <laughs> and it worked together really i can see why Shibata wanted to to wrestle oc yeah. because he totally gets it and played into it when he needed to play into it, um countered it where he needed to counter it, told the story very well. Did his own version of the orange punch too. Yeah. Um yeah. It, I I think probably the best you know non-wrestling analogy I can make here it, it, and it's top of mind because uh the ceremony was this weekend is it kind of felt like the pro wrestling match equivalent of like when they have the big jam at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah. It's like is it the best concert you've ever seen. No. However, you're going to remember the fuck out of it because you're just like, how the fuck is this happening? Like, yeah. It, it's Rob Halford singing Jolene with Dolly Parton. Yeah. That's, just, that's, that's, that's what? what OC Shibata was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it good? <laughs> kind of, but fuck that. How what? is this happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, So yeah. Uh, and, and Shibata looked like he barely missed a day uh, yeah. in incredible shape. Um, the, the Jersey crowd was super into him. Uh, it it was really, really well done. Um, and he ate the clean pin too. He ate the clean pin. Uh, and for a second there, I thought he might win this title. Yeah. I I was wondering, uh, but post match, uh, uh, Cassidy and Shibata shakes hands. Cassidy gives the aviator sunglasses to Shibata. Nice little pop moment there. And we were like, he was, he was fighting back a smile. Yes. Shibata was. Yeah. Uh, which, Hey, that's fucking great. Yeah, uh, and then uh, we just went on with the rest of the show. Um, I honestly don't remember anything else that happened because I was playing uh, Marvel Snap. And hey, if you like <laughs> us enjoying Marvel St- Marvel Snap, pop on over to the Patreon where we will be discussing <laughs> our recent obsession with Marvel Snap. Yeah. Uh, Lexi Nair interviewed Tony Storm, asked her about the upcoming title defense with Jamie Hayter. Then there's another Lexi Nair promo with Car- Claudio Castagnoli and Brian Danielson. Where she started the promo with, "What are your issues with Chris Jericho?" <laughs> so I'm guessing in kayfabe, Lexi Nair is dumb. Well, you know you gotta you gotta toss the you gotta toss it up. Yeah. You know? Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter uh, defeated Mass and Rain and Sky Blue in under eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, then sure. Tony Schiavone uh, had an interview with Chris Jericho answering the challenge from earlier in the show he wanted a match against both brian danielson and claudio castagnoli but to even the odds he said hey let's go ahead and add sammy guevara to it as well so it's a four-way for full gear for the ring of honor world title chris jericho claudio Brian Danielson, and Sammy Guevara. Also, it shows that Chris Jericho does not have a very good memory because he said during this promo that he's never had any issues with Sammy Guevara except for <laughs> that uh, two-month or three-week period where yeah. Sammy Guevara turned on the inner circle, went solo as a baby face, and that backfired terribly, and then he rejoined the JAS. Indeed. Ricky Starks came out, cut a promo where he entered himself in the Full Gear Eliminator Tournament hell yeah uh he's already a guy who i'd love to see uh get a big win there uh fun line uh where he said uh he he uh he says there are people who said they're proud of being pillars of AEW when things are crumbling around here yeah um tony Schiavone was then interviewing sammy Guevara, who challenged brian danielson to a two out of three falls match for dynamite okay i guess sure Uh, And then the main event was Joey Samoe and Wardlow against the Gates of Agony. Shock of shocks. Ward Joe wins. Uh, Post-match, though, uh, um, Hobbs comes out to the stage and... uh, gets up in the shit of ward low so that yeah and that ward kind of pushed joe out of the way to you know yeah to get up in there so oh can they coexist see. so for dynamite this coming wednesday we've got the aforementioned eight-man tag of Our glory and the gun club against ftr and the acclaimed we've got this two out of three falls match between brian danielson and sammy guevara and then we've got uh, from the Full Gear Eliminator Tournament, they finally showed the whole bracket. Uh, it's going to be Hangman Adam Page back in the ring. I'm oh, sorry, Hangman Page. Sorry, wrong Page. Ethan Page against <laughs> Eddie Kingston. Sorry, my my note here just said Page. And I was mm-hmm. like, Wait a minute. Yeah. So Ethan Page against Eddie Kingston, that's on Diamond on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then Rampage Friday will have Lance Archer versus Ricky Starks in the Battle of Guys who should be on television way more often. Yeah, sorry about your luck, Lance Archer. Bandito versus Roosh. Hell yeah. And then Brian Cage versus Dante Martin. All three of those matches will be on Rampage this Friday. Also, there's going to be a, a uh, Tony Schiavone Uh, Interview segment with Soraya and Britt Baker that I am sure to be trying to find some delicious food in my pantry during. So I'm going to say it's going to be Ethan Page and Bandito advancing to the left side of the bracket, and then it'll be uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks on the right side. Mm -hmm. Uh, Starks goes over Cage. And then Page goes over Bandito, so we get Ricky Starks, Ethan Page in the finals, and really it's oh. a toss-up. I'm, I'm almost there with you. I'm, I'm thinking Bandito, Starks for the finals. You really think Bandito? Okay. I'm, I feel I'm like they're putting just, a lot of attention on Ethan Page here, so I feel like he's going to go to the finals here. I, I'm thinking they just totally shake it up with this. I mean, the, the, that's the thing about the eight-man in this. It will absolutely shake up the world title division whoever wins yeah um so I- if anything this is probably the most like future facing one they've done for this eliminator tournament in some time um so that that in and of itself is very exciting but yeah i definitely course, think ricky starts is a lock for the final oh yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent i'm also wondering if uh dante martin's gonna get a surprise win against brian cage maybe due to some really with Ward. with Ward and then uh we get um uh, we get uh, Starks Ricky Starks Martin, against Dante Martin, which could be really fucking fun, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, if nothing else, again, it's an inspiring group. And uh, at least none of those people are just feuding with themselves in a dumb mask on that show. So. <laughs> yeah, no, class, not in the Black's uh, not in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, SGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House Redos, and Rough House Divided Movie Trivia Games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough House pod. uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Kristoff. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, bronies, and listen up because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. El Torito brand salsa, the only salsa meant for midgets. It comes with half as much corn, half as many tomatoes, and a half portion of freshly grown bell peppers. Half as spicy as other salsas on the market. El Torito, the only dip worth the chip of the short ones. El Torito.